Welcome to Halakha Hour <coughs> on Wednesday afternoons here at J Root Radio. Let me give you the numbers before we begin. The numbers to the studio are 718-683-5858 to text in your questions, which probably today I don't have a technician, would probably be the best option. We'll take phone calls only in the end. The text in your questions is 347-927-8398. Again, the numbers are 718-683-5858. That's the, if you will call, if you have a question to call in. And the text in your question, it's 347-927-8398. Today's class is sponsored of Dan Ben Olga. May Hashem give him a speedy recovery. And anybody who would like to sponsor a class, you can text into the station. You can call into the station a little bit later. Merzat Hashem will take your, uh, I don't say orders, but we'll take your request. Today's halakha. We're continuing from last week. We began last week talking about Kabbalat Shabbat. We spoke a little bit about coming into Shabbat. Already we started with Halachot of candle lighting, Arab Shabbat. Now already we're up to Lil Shabbat, to the night of Shabbat. All the Halachot pertain to the light of Shabbat. And Mazat Hashem, today we will cover a very, very important subject. And that is the subject of Kabbalat Shabbat. In the past we got a few questions regarding the subject of Kabbalat Shabbat. A lot of people were asking what would be in this and that, whatever it may be. And then, today, we will have, hopefully, we'll, we'll discuss it as much as we can and bring out all the practical halakhot from it. But before that, we're up to halakha gimel. If you're following with us in the book, we are learning from the book, the Ben Ishai, in Parashat Vayera, in the second year, halakha gimel. Here the Ben Ishai brings something, Api Kabbalah, a very interesting and nice thing, Api Kabbalah. We mentioned in the past, maybe we'll discuss it a little bit more now. The Torah says, <laughs> On the seventh day, Hashem rested. And Vayinafash really seems like he took a breath of calmness and he relaxed. I think it's this week's parasha as well, parasha Kitisa. So the Gemara says, nefesh, Woe to the soul. The word very nafash could be read woe to the soul. And the Gemara explains what does it mean woe to the soul? To that the Gemara answers woe to the soul that has departed us on Motzei Shabbat when Shabbat leaves. Because when Shabbat comes in, we all have that extra neshama, the extra soul that comes with us. And that is what gives the flavor of Shabbat. To the point that the Gemara says that that's a spice that, that Hashem brings with us. And we all feel it. We all know that when Shabbat comes, there's a special feeling that we cannot describe. If somebody would videotape Jews on Shabbat, living Shabbat, eating the meals on Shabbat, it's just not the same. The food and the atmosphere, the whole environment of Shabbat is completely different because of that extra neshama. The Mikubalim, we said this in the past, the Mikubalim explained that this soul is actually contained of many different parts, three at least. And these three parts come at different times of the evening. We discussed this in the past. We said that person has to prepare himself. Now the Ben Ishai tells us exactly when these three parts of the soul come to the person. And these three parts of the soul are called Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. We know that Neshama is a soul and we, a lot of people translate Nefesh as a soul. But the Kabbalists explain that there's three parts. Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. And when do they come to the person? They come to the person during the Tefillah of Arbit. And depending on the person, what he prays, and he's supposed to prepare himself. And here the Ben Shai explains that you, it just doesn't come by itself. You have to sit there and prepare yourself that these things should come. So I'm going to read from inside, and the parts that I could skip, I'll try to skip. He says like this, Belel Shabbat, yesh adam shloshah minet Shabbat. 
on the evening of Shabbat, you have three additional souls, or not souls, or three additional parts of the soul that you come to you, besides your regular neshama that's with you all the time. Hayahad, the first called Tosefet Nefesh. That's called the Nefesh that we just said, said beforehand. And how do, when does it come? This comes when a person accepts Shabbat. When does a person accept Shabbat? If you're praying regular and you're praying before Shekiah, so then you're accepting Shabbat early. And by Kabbalah Shabbat, when we say at the end we say a line that's come, that comes from the Gemara, and the line says, we're inviting the, the, the bride to come in. That is Shabbat Marketa, the queen of Shabbat who's the bride. When you say that, you get that nefesh. Hashani, the second part that comes to a person, this is all in the evening by the way, which is the ruach, the second part of the soul. When does it come in? That comes in when the Hazan says, and the whole Kahal responds, and at that time, we get the Ruach, the second part of the soul. And the third part of the soul, when does it come in? That's the Neshama, that Tosefet Neshama, when does it come in? Right before we send up to the Amidah, we have a blessing called Hashkibenu. In the, according to the Sephardic custom, custom, we have it a little different during the weekday than on Shabbat. And on Friday night, on Leil Shabbat, we say over there, Ufros alenu etzukat shalomecha. Ufros alenu yushalayim irak etzukat rahimim v'shalom. And right then, we get that Ufros means, and Hashem spread upon us. What when we say those words, spread upon us, we get the sukat rahimim v'shalom, we get that extra soul that's called neshama. And this is when it comes in in the evening. So he explains over here, Ben Ishai, that these three parts come in the evening and the other three parts also come in the daytime. And that's why a person should be standing up when you're receiving these three parts of the soul. Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. Again, let's just review outside. Nefesh comes when a person accepts Shabbat. And that comes usually, like we said in the past, according to the Ariza, we accept Shabbat when we say Bo'i Kalah. So when we make a Shabbat and saying boy kalah, the nefesh comes. When Kaddish or after Kaddish, before we begin our read or then we get this the ruach, which is by Barichu Hashem Hashem and finally we get the neshama right before we stand up for the hamidah when we say ufros alenu. And a person should try to stand up for all these three parts. Now in the first part, which is by boy kalah, anyway everybody's standing. Even the Ashkenazim will have a custom when they say Lechadodi, they're sitting down, they stand up at the end and they turn around to the back, which is facing the west, and that's when they say, Bo'ikala, Bo'ikala. Sfaridim anyway stand up the whole, the whole Lechadodi. And some you see sometimes different shuls, maybe by um, Ashkenazim, also you find a few Yahidim standing up also, they might be Sfaridim, I don't know. But they'll stand up, so you're standing up in it for the Nefesh. For the Neshama, you're standing up to say in Amidah. So a person should first stand up and say, then say those words of Fros Alin So this way you're receiving Neshama standing up. The other part, which is the Ruah, so here it's a little complicated. Ashkenazim have a custom that whenever Kaddish is recited in the Shul, they all stand up. For the Sfaradim, our custom is not to stand up. The only time we stand up by Kaddish for the Sfaradim is if Kaddish caught us in the middle of standing. Meaning, if the Hazan already began Kaddish, then we must remain standing until the Hazan says the Ve'imru Amin right, right after the fifth Amin. You know, there's five Aminim that we answer to the Kaddish. 
Once he finishes Vimru Amen, then afterwards for the Heshalama or Ali Sa'il, we can already sit down. But if, uh, if already we got caught in the middle of saying of the Hazan saying Kaddish, our custom is that we stand up. But otherwise, if we were st- sitting down, we would not stand up. So here, technically, you're supposed to get the Ruah standing up. So by Barakhu, although normally you don't have to stand up by Barakhu, and certainly according to Sfadim, we don't bend, we don't bow down by Barakhu, one should stand up by Barakhu to receive the Ruah. In some places, they have a beautiful minhag where everybody stands up by the Kaddish, even Sfadim, I'm talking about Ashkenazim, anywhere standing up. I'm talking about the Ashkenazim, I'm talking about the Ashkenazim, I'm talking about the Sfadim, that they'll stand up, oh sorry, again, I'm talking about the Sfadim. The Sfadim will stand up when it comes to the Kaddish, right before Barakhu. So this way they're standing for Kaddish and they'll stand up for the Barakhu to receive the Ruah. In any case, I'll tell you like this. This is very important. There's a Hidda that says, I have to see this Hidda inside more, but the Hidda says that if you're in a Kahal, if you're in a congregation where everybody's sitting down by Kaddish and Barakhu, and you're the only one standing, and especially that the rabbi is also sitting down, is very disrespectful, and he uses very harsh words to speak about the person who's standing up, as if you know better than the rabbi, as if you're treating better than the rabbi. If the custom of the shul that you're going to, that everybody's sitting down, and you're standing up, it looks a little bit of a yohara, like it looks like as if you're better. So in that case, either do one of the following things. Either go up to the rabbi and ask permission, is it okay, rabbi, that I stand up when... Uh, uh, you know, the Kaddish right before Barakhu on Lel Shabbat, because I see everybody sitting down. If you get permission from the rabbi, fantastic. And if you're too embarrassed, you don't want to go up to the rabbi, or you feel the rabbi is an Amaritz, then don't pray there. Either sit down, or don't pray there, because you shouldn't stick out, and you shouldn't appear to the Kahal, or to anybody else, that you're, Ki'ilu Hasrasom, like you're acting better than the rabbi, and you know, you might, I'm not saying that you don't know better, you might actually know better than the rabbi, but still, you shouldn't, Stick out that way. It's his shul, it's his congregation, and get permission from him. That's brought down in the, the post scheme. A person has to be careful. Get permission, that's not a big deal. Go up to the person, go out to the rabbi and say, Listen, I, I read him in his high to stand up by Barakhu and see what he tells you. If he says no problem, no problem. That is um, the halakha, and that is just to go about it. I had a question, I'm not sure of it yet. I have to ask some Mikubali from Eretz Israel is, What about a woman who doesn't pray Arbit? And she doesn't pray with Kabbalah Shabbat. So I understand when a person is accepting Shabbat. Right when you accept Shabbat, you get the nefesh anyway. But what about a woman who's not praying Abid? When does she get the Ruach and the Nisham? Because the Benish Hai, as he says in the next Halakha, and Halakha Dalit, I'm not going to read it inside, he says that if a person did not have in mind that he's receiving the parts of the so-called the Ruach and the Nishama when he's praying, let's say Babadakhu, he's completely spaced out, or he fell asleep during the Hazan singing of the Kaddish, and he missed out. He didn't think that, oh, the Ruach is coming now, so he loses it out. When could you get it back? You have one more chance because the Sfaradim say right before Alim Shabbat, we say another Barakhu. So over there, you have another chance to make it up. But it sounds like over here, you have to have given up for it. And it doesn't just come by itself. So what about the ladies who don't pray on Alim Shabbat? When do they get? Do they have to think, I'm getting the Ruach, I'm getting the Neshama, even if they're not praying? I'm not sure. But that Hashem, hopefully next week I'll have an answer. If not next week, I don't know. But I'll try to get you an answer as soon as possible. That's Halakha, Gimel, and Dalit also we said it outside. That you can have Kavana for the Barakhu before Alenu in case you missed the Ruach, in case you missed your chance of preparing yourself to receive the Ruach and the Neshama. We move on to Halakha Dalit. So Halakha Dalit, he brings down over here, simple things he says, even though the Lekha Dodi was not mentioned anywhere in the Arizal, it's actually written by somebody who lived around the time of the Arizal, also in Sfat, Rabbi Shlomo Al-Kabetz. And he, Rabbi Shlomo Al-Kabetz, if you look at the Lechadodi, you see the Rashi Tebot actually of his name over there right in the beginning. 
of each stanza. It's, I think, Shlomo HaLevi. You'll see it over there. In any case, the custom amongst all the uh, Jewish communities, that f- certainly the ones that I know about, and certainly the, you know, what we see, the custom is that they all say the Lechadodi, one we accept Shabbat on Lil Shabbat, on, on Friday night. And it's a beautiful, beautiful custom and has, of course, many things, api Kabbalah. But even if a person doesn't have a Siddur, let's say he's stuck somewhere and you have a Siddur, you should be careful to say Bo'ikala. And he brings down over here, even though we say Bo'ikala at the end, a lot of times you're praying after Ben Hashemashot, which we're going to discuss soon, that really you're supposed to try to, you're supposed to accept Shabbat before sunset. Many times you're praying Kabbalah Shabbat after sunset. Certainly also some communities, some shuls, have a custom of saying Shir Hashirim between Minha and Kabbalah Shabbat. Although the preferable thing to do is to pray Minha, then to say Kabbalah Shabbat, this way you accept Shabbat earlier, right before sunset, and then afterwards to say Shir Hashirim, that's preferable, but you know, people are not ready to change their Minhagim or what they believe is a strong Minhag. Okay, fine, you don't want to change, you don't want to think. But in any case, a person should accept Shabbat in any case earlier. If you see that you're not going to be able to accept Shabbat before sunset, because you're only going to be able to say Lechadodi after sunset, so then accept Shabbat on your own. Say, And this way you accepted Shabbat before sunset, and then afterwards you can say Lechadodi, not a problem. You should know when you say that's when you're receiving the nefesh part of the soul for Friday night. With that, we'll move on to Halachavav. Halachavav is a very, very important halakha. I am not exaggerating when I tell you that I've spent literally hours preparing for this halakha, even though it's something that we discussed in the past, but I wanted hopefully, hopefully, to elaborate and to discuss it at length, hopefully clarifying every issue. So if you're listening and uh, you, you, you have any questions, please text in your questions. Anything that I have not clarified, please make sure you text it in. By the way, I, I really appreciate all the comments, all the questions, and even people who see me in the street. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And please keep them coming. If you believe I made a certain mistake, please let me know where I should look to correct myself. And Mazat Hashem, if we did make a mistake, we're here to, to get the image. We're not here to have someone to, see I'm, to say I'm right. So if you believe there's anything that I, needs correction, please, I appreciate your comments and uh, any remarks or questions, Mazat Hashem? The subject that we're going to discuss now is an important subject called Tosefet Shabbat, adding on to Shabbat. We'll begin with the quick halakha, then we'll go to the sources, discuss it at length, and then come back and see what the Benish High writes about it. The halakha, in simple form, is that Shabbat, usually we know by sunset we accept Shabbat. But a person has to accept Shabbat before Shabbat comes in. It's kind of, mashal, imagine you have your parents who live outside of America. Imagine they're coming to visit you. Or somebody that's very hashub is coming to visit you. Somebody that you honor and respect. <coughs> it's, it's more respectful that you go pick them in the airport and bring them home than for you to wait for them to come home and to knock on your door. Right? That's the more mechuban. Shabbat also, you have to be mechabel Shabbat. You shouldn't wait for Shabbat to come in. The last moment Shabbat comes in, oh, it's here. Now we're bound to the laws of Shabbat. You have to go out of your way and to bring Shabbat, to bring it, clo- bring it home. Also, when you leave Shabbat, when you've done with Shabbat, you shouldn't just finish Shabbat on exactly the moment that Shabbat finishes. You should add a few more minutes 
to the Shabbat. That's a Mazal to save Shabbat. Adding on to the Shabbat from Friday on to Shabbat and from Saturday night, Motzei Shabbat, which is really Lil Rishon, to Shabbat Kodesh. That's the Ikar Mazal of to save Shabbat. Where does it come from? And what's the opinions? What's the, the, the whole thing about it? Let's begin with the Gemara Masechet Roshana. The Gemara is also found Masechet Yuma. I believe also Moed Katan. They bring the same Gemara. There's a Pasuk that says as follows. Pay attention to the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, V'anitemet nefshotechem b'tisha'a l'chodesh me'ereb ba'ereb. Excuse me. Ba'ereb me'ereb ba'ereb t'shbetu shabbatechem. That's the Pasuk. The Pasuk is talking about Yom Kippur. When it comes to Yom Kippur, we know Yom Kippur is on the 10th of the 7th month, which is what we call the 10th of Tishrei. So now that the, we know that the fast is on the 10th, on Yom Kippur we refrain from eating in the five Anuim, plus it's a regular, it has the same halachot as Shabbat, which means we refrain from all the melachot of Shabbat, the Rabbana or the Oraita. And the Torah says over there regarding eating, it says ve'anitem, which regarding fasting, it says you have to inflict your souls on the ninth of the month in the evening. That's very complicated, right? We just explained that Yom Kippur comes on the tenth. So why in the world is it pasuk telling me that I must inflict myself, which means I must begin fasting on the ninth? It's supposed to be on the tenth, and then you tell me no in the evening. So that's exactly the question of the Gemara. The Gemara says. You're going to tell me now I'm going to fast on the 9th of the month? It doesn't make sense. It says in the Pasuk, When the 9th comes, it says in that evening, which means in the 10th. So why in the world is the Pasuk saying, So the Gemara answers, You must begin to fast when it's still daytime. Pay attention to the words. Which means when it's still daytime, in order that you should add from the weekday on to the holy day, which is referring to Yom Kippur. So let's say Yom Kippur is on Wednesday evening, which means Yom Kippur will be on a Thursday. Wednesday evening and on a Thursday. Wednesday you're eating. And let's say sunset is at 6 o'clock. The Pasuk here tells us that don't wait till 6 o'clock to begin fasting. But what you have to do is, is before 6 o'clock. How much before? We're going to discuss in a second. But before 6 o'clock, I don't know, 5.30, 5.45, whatever it is, before that, you should come and you should start fasting and go into Yom Kippur at 6 o'clock already be, that you began fasting. Okay? That is the Gemara. That's the sort of Gemara. Now the Gemara obviously is talking about what? It's talking about Yom Kippur. Okay? But even though it's talking about Yom Kippur, you notice in the Pasuk it says, Tishbetu this is what you shall do regarding Shabbat, anything that's called Shabbat. And we know as a rule, Shabbat is called Shabbat, Yom Kippur is called Shabbat. Also to a certain extent, the holidays are also called Shabbat, as the Gemara points out many, many times. So therefore, the Pasuk is telling us over here that this law of adding on to Yom Kippur applies to anything that's called Shabbat, which is even on Shabbat and Yom Tov. And that's really the opinion of many Rishonim. What do the Rishonim say? So everybody agrees that this Pasuk, which is from the Torah, it's a biblical obligation. It's a Hayyum that a person, when it comes to Yom Kippur, must begin fasting earlier. There's no doubt, there's no question, everybody agrees on this. There's no Mahlokin on this. Good? Hard to find no Mahlokin, but we found. There is no Mahlokin regarding this. But the Pasuk... I was very careful to quote the Pasuk 
very carefully, and the Pasuk doesn't say anything regarding Melacha. All it says is, which is referring to fasting. So what about Melacha? What about not working? So if on Shabbat we know we don't fast, so obviously that's not going to apply on Shabbat. But what about Melacha? Do we say that Pasuk is referring to Melacha as well? So the majority of the Rishonim hold that yes, the Pasuk is referring not only to fasting, which is forbi- which is you know, refraining from eating. Eating is forbidden on Shabbat, on Yom Kippur. Not only to eating, but all the things that are forbidden on Yom Kippur, a person must begin beforehand. And when does he begin? He begins on, before Yom Kippur comes in, also Melacha Yenala to do before Shabbat com- uh, comes in. So that means it applies to all Shabbatot. Every Shabbat, no matter what it is, this week's I believe, uh, maybe 5.13 is candle lighting. So that means whenever Shabbat will be, let's say it's 5.30, 5.40, whatever it might be, you have to come into Shabbat earlier. You can't stop working only at 5.40. You have to do it a little bit earlier. That is the opinion of the majority of the Rishonim. However, if you open up the Rambam, when it comes to the laws of Shabbat, he doesn't mention anything about this halakha. He doesn't quote this Gemara. He doesn't bring this halakha at all. And the question is, how come the Rambam doesn't bring this halakha? So therefore, we have two opinions to explain the Rambam. According to the Beit Yosef, the, this is the Suhana Ruch in his commentary on the tour. The Beit Yosef and the Hida write, you see from the Rambam, that really, there's no obligation, according to the Rambam, to add from the weekday onto Shabbat. When is there an obligation? There's an obligation only when it comes to fasting. When you're fasting on Yom Kippur, so then add before Yom Kippur, Thursday's Yom Kippur, so add on Wednesday, add from Wednesday onto Thursday. That is the opinions of the Beit Yosef and how to understand the Rambam. Well, not everybody understands the Rambam that way. The Gra, the Magid Mishnah, which is before the Beit Yosef, he says that the reason why the, Beit, why the Rambam skipped it is because he doesn't hold it's an obligation in Torah. He holds it's only an obligation in Derebanan. On Yom Kippur, it's an obligation in Torah. But on regular Shabbat, there's an obligation to refrain from any melacha before Shabbat c- comes in, but the obligation is only rabbinical, it's a hayyum midirabanan. So it comes out that there's a mahloka between the Rishonim. According to majority of the Rishonim, there's an obligation with the Uraita for a person to add on to Shabbat. According to the Rambam, he doesn't bring it down, and there's two ways to explain it. Some say there's no obligation at all to add, and others say, no, according to the Rambam, there's only an obligation with the Rabbanan. That is the mahlokit between the Rambam and the other Rishonim. So what does the Shohan Aruch hold? We go, Kaban we accepted the whole laws of Shohan Aruch. If you look at Shohan Aruch, I'll read you the words Shohan Aruch writes in Reh Samech Aleph, he says, That's all he brings. And this Yesh Omim, all the commentaries explain, this Yesh Omim is just a polite way of not disagreeing completely with the Rambam. But basically, Bet Yosef one with all the other Rishonim. There's an obligation in Torah, it's a Mizvat Aseh, that a person must accept Shabbat earlier. You can't come into Shabbat just like that. You have to accept Shabbat a little bit earlier. And this is the Psaq Halakha according to all the Ahronim. All the Ahronim go with the Shohan Aruch. Nobody disagrees with Shohan Aruch. There is an obligation for a person to come into Shabbat earlier than when Shabbat comes in. If Shabbat comes in by sunset, then you have to come into Shabbat earlier than that. You have to stop. You have to accept Shabbat earlier. That's the Mizvat say of Kabbalat Shabbat. Tosefet Shabbat. Okay, so we explain that. Now, the question is, 
when could you begin to add on to Shabbat? So there's, we said this in the past, let me just tell you in Halakha, this is going to make a lot of ramifications. And the day is divided into three parts. The Pasuk says, And every time when it comes to the creation of the day, the Torah tells us the definition of a day. The day begins how? First the evening came. And then and then the daytime came. That's one day. We know our days begin in the evening as every holiday and every Shabbat always begins in the evening. A person becomes bar mitzvah when? In the evening. Not the next day when you make the party. In that evening, that's the first night when a person becomes hayab and mitzvot because the day begins when the evening. But day and night is not so simple. Although the Pasuk says that Hashem called the light of the day, which is when the sunlight, Hashem calls it Yom, as it says in the Pasuk, Vayikra or Yom, and it says, Kara and to the evening, to the night, Hashem called night. Okay, light, that's the evening, very night. To the darkness, Hashem called evening. So we know for sure something is for sure. Whenever you see the sun, the ball of the sun on the earth, that is daytime. Very nice. That's simple. Vayikra la or Yom. And when you see three stars in the evening, that's a sign of night, then you know for sure it's night. Very good. The question is, it doesn't happen that way. You don't see the stars immediately when the sun sets. There's that time in between called twilight in English. And that's what we call in Halakha, Ben Hashem Ashot. Ben Hashem Ashot means at twilight. It's the time after the sun sets until the stars come out. That time, Gemara explains, that's called Ben Hashem Ashot. When does Ben Hashem begin is a big, huge subject that I don't, really don't want to get into because we're going to confuse everybody, including the person giving the speech, the class. Okay, <laughs> It's going to be very, very com- confusing and complicated. But just to say in simple, simple uh, terms, okay, we're going to go with the simplest terms and the halakha, whatever it is, that once sunset comes, shekiah, once it sets, which means that the whole ball of the sky goes under, the horizon, you can't see it anymore, then Ben Hashem begin. How long is Ben Hashem For our sake, just for now, there's two opinions, it's 13 and a half minutes or 18 minutes. Atkan. That's the, what it says over here. So now, we explain you have to add on to Shabbat. When do you have to add on to Shabbat? Comes the Rosh and says, you can't tell me, you have to add on to Shabbat when it's already Shabbat, when it's already three stars. That doesn't make sense. What are you adding on? You can't begin to add when it's already nighttime. It's already Shabbat. Right? So you have to add on to it. You can't tell me also, you, can, you have to add on to the part called twilight, because then it's a safek. How can a person do melacha? Even though the Gemara says that the twilight is considered safek. We're not sure if it's part of the day or part of the evening, but it's still a safek, the oraita. And when the rule is, whenever it comes, we have a doubt where something is from the Torah, we say safek, the humra. So it's absolutely forbidden to, for a person to do anything that's asur during benashmashot. So what, what remains? Remains the daytime, the third part of the day, which is Yom, Friday day, when the ball of the sun is still out and you can see it. That's when you have a Mizvav to Sefet. At that time, a person can add on to Shabbat. So therefore, you have to look at your calendar. Whenever Friday, when you look at every calendar, Friday night, when is sunset? When is Shekiah? If sunset is 5.30, for example, then you must add on from before 5.30. You must add on to Shabbat from before 5.30. You can't wait till 18 minutes after sunset to add on to Shabbat. That's already Shabbat. Or at least Safiq Shabbat. So for sure everything is forbidden then. You have to do it only beforehand. How much time could you add? Well, could you add on to Shabbat from Wednesday, today? 
Could you say, could somebody, doesn't make sense if a person says, you know what, today is Wednesday, there's a mezvah, the rabbi said there's a mezvah to save Shabbat, right? I want to add on to Shabbat. From now on, from today, from Wednesday, already I'm keeping Shabbat, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I can't do any melacha. No, that's ridiculous, you can't do that. Could you add on Thursday, Friday? Okay, Thursday, Friday also you can't add on. Friday is Friday, it's not Shabbat. So which point could you add on? And the poskim bring down, you can begin adding on to Shabbat already from a time called Plaga Menha. Plaga Menha, in simple terms, it's, 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 it's hard to explain on the radio because there's two things over here. It, it's not a set time every time. Plagman, first of all, there's, there's a question when Plagman begins. Some say it begins an hour and 15 minutes before sunset. And some say it begins an hour and 15 minutes before the three stars come out. The time before the three stars come out, also, question is when the three stars come out. And also, the hour and 15 minutes are always not the regular 60 minutes, an hour is not the 60 minutes that we know. So it's very, very complicated to explain. So how are you going to figure out when Plug and Ha is? One of two ways. If you have a smartphone, iPhone or an Android, if you have an Android, you go to the Google Store or whatever this thing where you download the app and you download a very important app called Zemanim. Zemanim gives you the times according to all the opinions, whatever custom they have, give you the time, and this way you'll know when Plagam and Ha is. The other app, I think from the Apple Store store, you can get it also, it's also I think it's also called Zemanim. I, I like the one from the Android, it looked much better, it was much more thorough. It does make a difference. In any case, you, you download any calendar, or you, guess what, you can buy a calendar, or just get a calendar, they give them all out all the time. Find out what time Plagam and Ha is, whenever that Plagam and Ha is, which usually is around an hour and 15 minutes before, let's say, Shekiah or sunset, then you could already from that time only begin to add on to Shabbat. I'll give you an example. I took three weeks, I took the times of three weeks to show you when is the earliest time to add. This week, this Shabbat, 5.29 p.m. is Shekiah. If you go to Plagam and Ha, there's two different opinions exactly when Plagam and Ha is. We'll go with the early opinion, that's the opinion of the Gra who holds that you do an hour and 15 minutes before Shekiah, and he says that the time is 4.23. Plug and according to the guy is 4.23, which means at 4.20, if you want to accept Shabbat early, uh, you're not obligated to, you, you could say it's Shabbat, but it doesn't obligate you. So therefore, at 4.23, you can only begin according to the Gra to accept Shabbat, this Friday. Give me another example, let's say in the summer, which is more Shayach in the summer, this is more practical in the summer. We took the week of June 13th, Parashat Korah. This year, June 13th will be 8.29, it's not only this year, every year, June 13th will be 8.29 p.m. will be sunset. You know what time, how early you can accept Shabbat? About an hour and a half beforehand. What am I talking about an hour? Yeah, about an hour and a half beforehand. At 6.55, a person could already begin to accept Shabbat. That's a very long time beforehand. Sometimes you only have like a half an hour or an hour. Like for example, in December, where sunset is 429, so then the earliest time you accept Shabbat is 331. You only have an hour. Sometimes you have much more, let's say an hour and 45 minutes, and sometimes you'll have only an hour, sometimes even half an hour according to the different opinions. In any case, you have to look at the calendar and see when Plagam and Ha is. Whenever Plagam and Ha is, even though there's two times you'll see in the calendar, you could go with the earlier time and accept Shabbat that early. That's the earliest you could. Before that time, it doesn't obligate you. Which means if you want to refrain from melacha, you don't want to do any melacha, it's fine, it's fantastic. There's a lot of tzaddikim who used to be careful that they wouldn't do melacha from, let's say, hatzot, from midday on Friday. But it's not an obligation. Halakha says clearly, Ramah brings it down, 
that only from plagim ha can a person begin to add. But we want to know not the maximum amount of time to add. We want to know what is the minimum amount to add. Maximum, okay, but say that I'll begin from plagim and ha. That's not a big deal. I want to know how much time do I have to add. So really, my karhadin, this is brought down by a lot of Ahronim as well. It's based obviously on Rishonim. Eretz Tzvi, Ramosha Feinstein, Acham Minimum, minimum time according to them is two minutes. That means, what time is Shekiah? You'll have to look at the calendar. What time is Shekiah? This week it's 5.29. You can't come into Shabbat. You can't do Melacha. I mean, really, not that you can't. You may batel mizvat ase if you do Melacha at 5.28. At 5.27 already, you must stop. You must add on to Shabbat. That's a mizvat ase in the right. You have an obligation from the Torah, a biblical obligation to add at least at 5.27. At least. You want to do more, Hazak Baruch, we told you, you could do up to Plagam and Ha. But the minimum is two minutes. But, there's other Ahronim, like, Ola Tzion, Hachamet Tzion, Abba Shaul Alav Shalom, Menuhat Habar Moshe Leib Alav Shalom. Also, Ola Habdim, Ben Hayim, Lamabil, Muadim Uzmanim, Muadim Uzmanim, he brings down also, they hold about five minutes. They say a person should accept at least five minutes beforehand. Okay, so you have between two to five minutes, minimum, a person, to uh, he has to accept plug uh, Shabbat. Meaning, five twenty nine is Shabbat Shekiah. Before Shabbat, two to five minutes, a person must already accept Shabbat. What's recommended, though? What's recommended? We have a few opinions. We'll tell you the Ben Yishai and the Mishnah Berurah, and then what seems to be the Minhag to, according to the woman to the man. What's recommended is the Ben Yishai in this week's parasha, and I'll read it for you. He says like this. Like we just learned. A person has to add from the weekday until Shabbat. How much time to add? As many different opinions like we just told you. We have from two minutes until an hour and a half. Us, who should we follow? We should follow what the Arizal says. And he says, it's close to Shekiah, what it means to say, In the Arab countries, if you go visit Turkey, or even if you're close enough to the Arab neighborhoods in, uh, in Israel, in Yerushalayim, you'll hear always throughout the day, about five times a day, you'll hear them the, the, on the loud mics, they have this person yelling out you know, their, their prayer, and he sings it in a whole uh, different maqam. So this... Is done. This is called. This was done also during the time where they called the Mughrab, which is what they call sunset. But it really wasn't sunset. Really, what it was it was seven and a half minutes after sunset in the in the lands of the Beni Shaya, which is uh, in Baghdad, about 150 years ago. So therefore, he brings 20 minutes before the Mughrab, which comes out to be 12 and a half minutes. So according to Beni Shaya over here, he writes 12 and a half minutes. Other places he writes 30 minutes. About 13 minutes before sunset, according to the Beni Shaya, a person should accept Shabbat. According to the Mishnah ben he says, again, he also says, there's a minimum of about two minutes, but it would be wonderful if a person could do 16 and a half minutes before sunset which is about a minute and a half after candle lighting. That's when a person should accept Shabbat. This is talking about, this is talking to men as well as women. Again, Minhat Torah, there, there is an obligation to add. You don't have to add that much. You can add as much as you want, but what's highly recommended, the Benishai says about 13 minutes, and the says about 16 and a half minutes, which is uh, 17 minutes, let's say. However, 
the Mishabara himself brings down that's really, really highly recommended. If you could do 20 to 30 minutes beforehand, this way you cover all the opinions because there's an opinion that holds that really Ben Espresso begins even before Shekiah, that's the M. In any case, I don't want to get into it right now, but Ben said, I mean, the, the Mishabara says, if you could do 30 minutes, unbelievable, that's great. And that's, I believe, the Minhag in, in, in Bnei Brak. Maybe 30 minutes, maybe they change it now to 40 minutes. Minhag in Bnei Brak is 30 minutes beforehand, they announce the time of candle lighting. Again, it doesn't obligate you, but it's really, really highly recommended that a person should accept Shabbat earlier than that. So let's summarize. In short, there's an obligation in the Torah, according to all the Ahronim, on top of them, Shohan Aruch, that a person must accept Shabbat before Shabbat comes in. Before Shabbat comes in means to say before Shekiah. How much time before Shekiah? Minimum two minutes, two, between two and five minutes, maximum up to Plaga Minha. What's highly recommended is between 12 to 18 minutes beforehand. So the ladies are lighting candles. Even though we said in the past, according to the Sfaradim, ladies do not have the obligation of accepting Shabbat by candle lighting. But since candle lighting is around 18 minutes, it's highly, highly recommended that a lady should have everything done in the house. So this one, when she comes to candle lighting, she should accept Shabbat by that time. We stress that a lady, a Sfaradi lady, does not have the obligation to accept Shabbat. But it doesn't mean that she shouldn't. Why not? If she could, that is the best thing that she could do. She could accept Shabbat earlier. Not only that, even the men. If the men accept Shabbat that early, which means obviously they can't drive to shul, that's it. It's Shabbat for them. They accepted Shabbat. Once you accept Shabbat earlier, it's Shabbat for you. You can't do any Isurim. It's completely Shabbat. You walk without any keys, without carrying, without driving. You can't put on the lights anymore. So... If you're not up to it, if you feel that you're one of those late people and you're always rushing into Shabbat, you don't have to. You have no obligation. It's interesting. There's a, just to tell you, there's a Teshuvah in Halek Aleph. In Halek Aleph, yeah. In Halek Aleph of uh, Igrot Moshe. The seems from the reply of the of Moshe Feinstein was that one time he got into the car after candlelighting and he was driving to Shul. And according to the Teshuvah, it was about a two-minute drive. Literally, it wasn't longer than that. But it seems like some rabbi wrote him a letter rebuking Ramosha Feinstein. Imagine, rebuking Ramosha Feinstein, how could he get into the car after candlelighting time? People will think that you're allowed to uh, drive to shul. So he explains, really, yeah, there's no obligation for a person to accept Shabbat that early. But he says, I, I, I'll accept your rebuke. Shows you the humility of Ramosha Feinstein. He says, I'll accept your rebuke, and therefore, I, I'm, I'm going to give you my word. From now on, by candlelighting, I will not get into the car, I will not drive, I will not get into the car at all, because, you know, maybe you're saying that people will learn from me, I'll, I'll take it, I'll accept it. Shows you the Gadlur of Moshe Feinstein. But you also see from there, he explains, two minutes, he says over there, really the obligation is, of, of adding on to Shabbat, is two minutes before Shabbat, but you want to add on more, that's great. If you could do it, why not? And y- you have to see yourself. If you could do, start slowly. Start doing at least two minutes. This is an obligation. Then go up to five minutes. Then if you could do 10, you could do 13 according to the Rizal. And then if you could do 20, 30 minutes according to the Mishnah Ra, fantastic. That's wonderful. Now, I know what you're going to ask me. About a month ago, when we spoke about Kabbalah Shabbat, we said there's a huge mahluk. If a person accepts Shabbat, how in the world is he going to pray Minha? Once you accept Shabbat, if you tell me I accept Shabbat earlier, you know, I would love to. I can because my minyan, whatever I pray in, in the shul, they're always praying, you know, uh, what do you call it? They're praying minha, Arab Shabbat, 15, uh, not 15 minutes. Some places they pray 5 minutes before Shekiah. So if I accept the Shabbat 10 minutes beforehand, I can't pray minha anymore. 
So that's a good question. I always also had that question. And the answer is based, Acham brings the Taz. Beautiful Taz. The Taz, Tureh Zahab, he has a beautiful uh, explanation, commentary on the Shohan Aruch. Sometimes a little complicated. Here on Saman Nisa Mechalif, Asif Gimel, he brings down the following. Listen to the halakha that he says. He says like this. If a person accepts Shabbat, then it becomes Shabbat for him. All the halakha of Shabbat become, he becomes bound to the, all the halakha of Shabbat unless he makes a condition. Unless he specifies and he makes a condition what he wants to accept Shabbat for. Which means, over here you see from here, that you can accept Shabbat that will restrict you. You'll refrain from doing any melacha. But you could accept Shabbat, but you could also limit the acceptance of Shabbat to tefillah, which means I could accept Tosefet Shabbat, the addition of Shabbat, that I should not do any melacha, but I will still be able to pray minha. That is the recommendation that's given by Hakam Wadiyah and as well a lot of Ahronim. Accept only Tosefet Shabbat. Make a condition. I only accept Shabbat that I should refrain from Melacha. And I'm doing the myself to save Shabbat. As the Torah says, don't do any Melacha, like the way the Rishonim explained it. But as far as Minha, no, I'm not accepting Shabbat for Minha. That means if I still have to pray Minha, then I'll pray Minha even though I already accepted Shabbat because my acceptance of Shabbat was only limited to the Melachot, to the things that are forbidden to be done on Shabbat, but not to Minha. That's the way. Akhama Wadiyah brings it down in the name of the Taz. And that's the, that's the uh, recommendation that we give to everybody. Question over here. Does one have to express or verbalize his Kabbalah? Does a person, when he accepts Shabbat, does he have to say, Ani mekabel Shabbat, or he wants to say in English, or Chinese, whatever he wants. Does he have to say, I am accepting Shabbat, or not? So Mishnah Barah brings down, Beautiful Diyuk from the Ramah and Shohan Aruch even. In the Halakhot of Tashab Be'ab, he brings the following case. Let's say Arif Tashab Be'ab. A person ate his Saudam of Seket. He's done. He made Bechat Mazon. And now, the fast will begin another 20 minutes. Does he have to say, I'm accepting the fast? Or could he just think about it and the fast begins? Which means the difference will be as follows. Let's say there's 20 minutes left till Tashabi'ah begins. And now all of a sudden, a person in his mind says, you know, I want to stop fast. I want to stop eating. I want to start fasting. Five minutes later, he realizes, you know, I don't have enough liquid. I need to drink some Gatorade to put some uh, electrolytes in my body. So this way, I could uh, I get some energy for Yom Kippur. So what could he do at that time? Could he? Or eat or can he not eat? He only accepted in his mind. So from the words of Shuhan Aruch and the Ramah, and Siman Tafkov and Gimel, it sounds like, not sounds like, it's if you just said it in your mind, it means absolutely nothing. You have to express it. Although some Ahronim disagree, and they say, no, if you said it in your mind, that's, uh, I believe, the uh, the Bach and the Gra over there, they bring, the, no, if you accept it in your mind, also that restricts you, but still according to Shuhan Aruch and Ramah, it sounds like, no, you have to express it. So therefore the Harunim bring the same thing over here. The Mishamra says, you must express in your mouth that I have to accept Shabbat. And that's the Mishnah Barah's opinion. And certainly according to the Mikubalim. Like we mentioned in the past, the Mikubalim say by everything you should always speak it out. Even putting on Talit, you're going to put on the Talit. You're going to wrap yourself in it. It's clear that when you're holding the, the Talit in your hand, still, still Yehud. Specify, I'm coming to do this Mizvah, or putting on Talit. You're putting on Tefillin, Say, I'm putting on Tiflin. You're coming to light candles of the menorah. Say, Lashem Yehud, Harani Ba'al Likayim, Zvat Asid, Rabbanan, Lehadlik Nerot Shel Hanukkah. 
Always when you do a mitzvah according to the mikubalim, you should always express it. So certainly, if you're going to add on to Shabbat according to the mikubalim, say it with, with your mouth. However, the Hakam, Hakam Ben Tzion and all the Tzion Haylek Bet, he brings a nice proof and he says that although it's certainly recommended that a person should accept Shabbat, he should express it and say, Ani Mekabel Shabbat, for sure that's highly recommended. Still, he holds that's not an obligation. If a person chooses to and he wants to accept it only in his mind, he could. So, you have what to rely on, you have to what to be in the mid-zechut. So we tell you, what you should do is, if you know you're accepting Shabbat early and you haven't prayed Minha, try to accept it earlier just for Melacha and not for praying Minha. And say, express it, say, Let's say you're driving to shul, so the moment you park, you put your keys down, then say, If not, and you only said in your heart, you have what to rely on, but you should express it. Okay, we're done with this halakha. We'll take a phone call right now. When anybody has questions, you can call into the station right now. And the phone number is 718-683-5858. Hello? Hello, is this one there? No, sorry. You call a little later. What? Sorry, you got to call a little later. Hello? Okay, so we're going to go on to the music break right now. And right when we come back, if there's any questions, either by text or by, uh, if somebody wants to call into the station, Mazat Hashem will answer your questions. Let me just give you the number to the station again, 718-683-5858. If you have any questions regarding Kabbalah Shabbat, anything that we haven't clarified, and also if you want to text in, 347-927-8398. We'll be back after this short break. to the Rebbeinu Shalom. Father dear, don't hide from me. That you are truly there everywhere 
still in all I cannot see you Don't hide from me It's been so long since last I saw you smile Oh, oh, mm -hmm. Don't hide from me Where's the promise you will take my hand on the stand? My life is not complete without you. Don't hide from me. I need to see you more than ever now. Two thousand years is a million years too long to search for the life that I have. Okay, we're back. We have a few minutes left to the class. Bezat Hashem will sum summarize, but we will not be able to go on to Halakha Zayin because Halakha Zayin, although very important, make sure you listen next week. Halakha Zayin talks about when a person accepts a Shabbat earlier and other people have not accepted Shabbat er yet. What could you tell them? What could you not tell them? That will be Bezat Hashem next week's class. There's a, a lot to talk about. In a few minutes, we won't do it justice. So make sure you listen next week. We... I want to bring up one question that came on, uh, on on the text, and the person wants to know: Isn't the time on the calendar anyway a time that 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 we already that includes in it adding on to Shabbat? You have to know on the calendar if it says, for example, um, sunset on the calendar that has nothing to do with Tosefet Shabbat. That's exactly when sunset comes in. If you refer time on the calendar that says candle lighting. You're right, candle lighting in America is usually 18 minutes before sunset. 
So from that time, if a person, man or woman, want to add one except Shabbat, that's great, that's fantastic. Really, that's highly recommended according to many, many of the opinions. If you accept Shabbat at 18 minutes before Shabbat, you're covering almost all opinions of Mizvah Tosef Shabbat as well as some other opinions which is more stringent. In any case, that is, if a person wants to accept then, great. If you want to accept more, also you could do more. But 18 minutes is highly, highly recommended for men and women as well. But the time of sunset, no. Time of sunset is the time when Shabbat comes in. And although it's only been a Shabbat short, but still it's a safik of Shabbat. It means safik of a sukaret. And has for shown that a person should not do any melacha then. Once again, I repeat, sunset, whenever sunset comes in, that is Shabbat all the way. Even if you didn't want to accept it, doesn't make a difference. Sunset is fully Shabbat. It's forbidden to do any melacha during that time. That is the, the question for that. There is one more halacha maybe we'll get to. And anybody has questions, I'll be here at the station another 5-10 minutes afterwards if you want to call off the air. You can call in afterwards. The number is 718-683-5858. The text is 347-927-8398. This class will be repeated again. Hopefully, this time the, everything is working out fine. will be repeated again on Tuesday evenings uh, at 10 o'clock from 10 to 11. And Hashem, next week, it's usually aired live on Wednesdays between 2 to 3 p.m. Last halakha for today. Although the main discussion of this halakha will be in Parashat Toledot, where the Ben Ishai talks about it at de- length over there, the halakha tells us that if a person is praying on Friday night and he makes a mistake in the Arbit, let's say Friday night you're coming to pray, you start the Amidah, of course we all know it's very, very tiring Friday night, and a person began his Amidah and the words begin, attack dashta. And a person completely forgot himself. Right after Hakela Kadosh, where he's supposed to begin attack dashta for the fourth Beracha, he, he began saying the blessing of the weekday, and all of a sudden he realized, uh oh, I'm in the middle of the Amidah of Shabbat. What am I doing? What is the halakha? The halakha is if you made a mistake, then you finish that Beracha that you started, and once you finish the Beracha with its blessing, then you go back. Meaning, let's say you made a mistake, and then you caught yourself, whoa, what did I say? It's supposed to be Shabbat. So you finish the whole Beracha, say, Baruch Hashem, with Shem Hashem, full Beracha. Regular the way that you would say it during the weekday, and then say Baruch Atah Hashem, Hanen Hadat, and then continue Atakidashta. Not only in the first Belacha, even if you remembered all the way by Shema Kolenu, you're almost done with the Amidah. I don't know how you didn't realize everybody be, unless you really speed read, but you didn't realize that everybody be, you know, around you finished the Amidah, and you're still in Shema Kolenu, and you're saying Shema Kolenu, Hashem Elokeinu, and then you realize it's Shabbat. What am I doing? So, in that case, finish the Shema Kolenu, say Baruch Atah Hashem, Shema Tefillah. And then you begin Atta Kiddashta. Why is it so? So the Gemara explains. Really, we're supposed to, we, we have in our Amidah 19 blessings. It originally was 18, that's why Shimon Hasrei. But in any case, we have 19 blessings. The first three and the last three are the standard blessings of every single Amidah that we pray in our lives on the, every single day. The first three and the last three. The middle, we have a standard text during the weekday, which is of 12 to th- uh, tw- 13 blessings in the middle. And on Shabbat, we change it to one beracha. Instead of the 12, we change it to one. Why? The Gemara says that we, the Hakamim wanted us to relax a bit on Shabbat and not to say such a long Amidah. 
and not to spend so much time. They want us to spend a little bit more time on Honig Shabbat. So therefore, they shortened the Amidah. Instead of saying 13 blessings in the middle, they only made it one Berakha. But really, you're supposed to have prayed Amidah. But we made it easier for you just pray only and say only one blessing. But if you already started on your own the other blessing, so you're not really doing anything against the Hachamim, just we made the Takana for you, to make it easier for you, but if you start already, you seem to have not minded, so therefore finish that blessing. This is only true by the three out of the four prayers, meaning to say the three out of the four Amidot that we pray on Shabbat, which is Shahrit, Menha, and Arbit of Leil Shabbat. However, by Musaf, Musaf, we don't say Musaf every single day, so therefore if a person made a mistake by Musaf, and he started the wrong Beracha, he started saying Atahonen, then you stop, you cut yourself right in the middle, and you begin to Kanta Shabbat, you begin from the beginning of the Amidah, not the beginning all the way, but I mean to say the beginning of the blessings of the Amidah of Musaf. This is important Halakha. We'll discuss the second part of this Halakha next week. Until then, we want to say thank you to Jayroot Radio and to all the listeners. Again, if a person wants to call in with the questions, I'll be here for another 5-10 minutes. We'll answer your questions off the air. The number is 718-683-5858-347-927-8398 if you want to text in your question. And have a wonderful week and a wonderful Shabbat Bezat Hashem. Shabbat Shalom.